Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. All the will of God. Father, we love you and thank you for it. For the blood of the the Lamb, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who bled on that cross, was buried and raised again from the dead, and is coming back soon, all to save us, your family. We love you and thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for finding and saving us by thy mercy in Christ. Kind of reminds me of Ephesians Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 11 through 22 tonight. And I'm going to try to keep it brief, but I believe it's 110, by the way, on the Ephesians outline page. Yeah, verse 10 of the first chapter, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Got to be in Christ to be a part of the eternal family of God both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. You see, some of the saints are where? In heaven already, right? In Revelation 6, it says, John said, I saw the souls of the saved people that were righteous. They were in heaven under the altar. They're waiting for us. God's going to bring us all together, all of his family on earth, the saints in the earth. And that's, In fact, that's where God's delight is. Psalm 16, 3. But to the saints that are in the earth... He even tells you where they are. And to the excellent in whom is all my delight. All the delight of the Lord, he says, is in his saints. So much so that he sent his only begotten son. The Lord Jesus Christ loved us so much that he came and bled on Calvary and died for us rather than live without us. All right. Last week, to recap, we studied about the grace of God by which we're saved, verse 8 through 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Boy, the, if you look up the Grounded in Grace page on SafeguardYourSoul.com in the, in the search box, that is an incredible audio recorded, and the text, the written text on that is absolutely fabulous. I, I don't think I've ever done anything, I've been involved in anything that dealt so beautifully and thoroughly with, deals with salvation. We talked about how how great a salvation that Christ has wrought and bought for us single-handedly. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, and actually chapter 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Wow, it's so great because of the infinite, divine, unique Son of a living God who came and purchased it for us. You know, it's interesting that riches... The riches or riches appears five times in Ephesians. Here they are. One seven. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. There it is. The riches of his grace. Okay. One eighteen. The eyes of our understanding. Paul's praying. Being enlightened that ye may know. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance 
in the saints. We are exhorted, in fact, Paul's praying right here, that we as believers will be able to be blessed to discover everything that is in us in Christ. Chapter 2, verse 7, that in the ages to come, this is God's plan. Again, just like 110. Here's 2-7, Ephesians 2-7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Wow, not only his riches, the riches, but the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. All right, 3 8, Ephesians 3 8, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles what? This should be preached. The unsearchable riches of Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ. The unsearchable, unsearchable means not tracked out, that is, untraceable, past finding out. In other words, it's infinite. So he speaks here about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Okay, and then the final one, the fifth time, riches is in 3.16, that he would grant you, Paul said, and this is the second prayer of Ephesians, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, not the poverty of his glory, right? (laughs) But the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. I've prayed that prayer a lot of times based right here. It's you have a divine authority to pray this prayer because it's written in the Bible. Ephesians chapter two, we're going to go verse 11 through 22, the household of God, Ephesians two, 11 through 22. Brother Jason, if you can read half of those scriptures, that'd be great. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometime were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make himself of twain one new man, so making peace. All right, and verse 16 through 22, that'd be great, Debbie. Starting with verse 16. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For though, for through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. We're temples of the Holy Spirit, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We notice how I love the several things that stand out here. We're not, obviously not going to try to get exhaustive here. But there's a lot to look at here and understand in general that there's only one way to God. And that's through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, who made peace by the cross, verse 16. 
and broke down the middle wall of partition, if the thing that divided Jews and Gentiles, and now we're one body in Christ, as we read in Ephesians and 1 Corinthians, there's only one body in Christ. There is no, there's no alternative way to God. It's only through Christ, whether you be Jew or Greek. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, we read in Paul's writings, the true Jew is the one that is born again and therefore circumcised by God himself without human hands, but with the hand of God. I love Romans 2, last two verses, 28 and 29, where he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, not by natural birth, Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew. This is the New Testament Jew. The New Testament child of God. He is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit. That's regeneration or being born again. And not in the letter. Whose praise is not of men. But of God. Notice a little summation of this passage. Which is a natural division in the second chapter, 22 verses long. The second half of it, verse 11 through 22, could be summated this way. In the first half of chapter 1, Paul traced the salvation of individual Gentiles and Jews. We were excluded under the Old Testament. Now he advances to the abolition or abolishment of their former national differences, to their union in Christ into their formation into the church, a holy temple of God, whereby dwells the Holy Spirit, not only in individual believers as vessels, temples of the Holy Spirit, but also in the body of Christ corporately. In verse 11 and 12, the apostle reminds his readers that prior to their conversion, they were Gentiles by birth and therefore outcast as far as the Jews were concerned or the covenant of God. First, they were despised. This is indicated by the fact that the Jews called them the uncircumcision, very derogatory term. This meant the Gentiles did not have the surgical sign in their flesh and marked the Israelites as God's covenant people. Now it's a work of God in the heart of man. Amen. Philippians 3, 3, we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit, Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Philippians 3, 3. The name uncircumcised was an ethnic slur, similar to the names that people use today for despised nationalities. We can feel something of its sting when we hear David say concerning the Gentile Goliath, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Remember that? (laughs) That... He should defy the armies of the living God. 1 Samuel 17, 26. Boy, that's good. The Jews, by contrast, spoke of themselves as the circumcision, quote unquote. This was the name of which they were proud. It identified them as God's chosen earthly people set apart from all the other nations of the earth. Paul seems to take exception to some of their boasting by saying, Their circumcision was only made in the flesh by hands. It was merely physical. Though they had the outward sign of God's covenant people, they did not have the inward reality of true faith in the Lord. For he is not a Jew. He's quoting what I just read out of Romans 2, 28-29. Let me read that again. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, 
And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. But whether or not the Jews were circumcised in heart, the point in verse 11 is that in their own eyes, they were the people and the Gentiles were the despised. That is, they were the people of God and the Gentiles were despised. But God has knocked down, as we read in this passage, the middle wall of partition that separated us. Amen. There's only one family of God now that comes, and those who are in that family have come through Christ, Christ alone. Notice verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, which I believe appears either 12 or 14 times in this book, in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes were afar off, Gentiles in specific, are made nigh or close, brought into the family by the blood of Christ. No one can be made right by the law. The law tells you how sinful you are, actually. So there's no separate path of salvation for the Jews. Everyone comes by Christ. Jesus said in John 10 that I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And if you don't enter in by the door, he says you're like a thief and a robber. John chapter 10, verse 1 through 10 I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The enmity between Jews and Gentiles was the greatest racial and religious difference the world has ever known. We think we know racism in this country, not even close to what the Jews and the Gentiles, the enmity that that was between them before Christ came. The Jew enjoyed a position of great privilege before God, as we read in Romans 9. The Gentile was a foreigner. He was an alien, as Scripture says in the New Testament. He was alienated from the life of God by his sin and didn't have access to God, as did the Jews. If he wanted to worship the true God in the appointed way, he actually had to become a Jewish convert, like Rahab and Ruth are examples. The Jewish temple in Jerusalem was the only place on earth where God had placed his name and where men could approach him. Gentiles were forbidden to enter the inner courts on the pain of death. Notice God had the temple built. But now we know that the temple is in glory after Jesus died, rose again from the dead, and sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat in heaven. Hebrews, book of Hebrews is so fabulous and so needed for every one of us to understand the New Testament, the New Covenant, which is an infinitely superior covenant to the old. And he says there in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, that we're to come boldly before the throne of grace. Don't you love that? It's not the throne of judgment. That's coming for all of us. Thank God we can come boldly before the throne of grace. To obtain mercy. Why do you need mercy? Because you sin. And find grace to help in time of need. So mercy, forgiveness, and grace divine enablement so that you're changed upon meeting afresh with the Lord and and then you're not subject to falling into that same sin. Isn't that beautiful? Because grace means the divine empowerment, the divine enablement of God. I encourage you in what we spoke about last week, grounded in grace or this ocean of grace. Now some people take that take biblical grace out of its context, okay, and they act like it's a license for sin and that you could never forfeit it. That's ridiculous. Anyway, it's still an ocean of grace, and it's magnificent, and I encourage you to go to safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash grace. There are some incredible, most of them aren't long either, but they are just weighty. It will change your life forever. When you begin to understand and realize what Peter calls the manifold, you know, guys understand manifold, That just simply means many-faceted. 
when you look at an engine, car engine, you got you got like fingers almost, you know, manifold, right? For each cylinder, you got a manifold coming out and extending. So it kind of gives you the picture. Of, anyway, it's many faceted. It's not limited to when he was drawing you and then he saved you. We look at sometimes Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which, but I think us in our humanity look at that as being limited to the moment he saved you. Well, yeah, that's, that couldn't be more celebrated and blessed. But that's only the beginning of it, or that's only the entrance of it into the kingdom. And now you have God's grace. See, sin cannot have dominion over you, for example. You're not under law, but you're under grace. You have the divine enablement of Christ in you to please God in all your ways. And that requires something of you, and that's you continue to abide in a relationship with Jesus. Amen. And you're going to be brought through everything as you do and be an overcomer and bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit. John 15, 1 through 16. All right. The Gentiles were also without Christ. They had no Messiah. It was to uh, to the nation of Israel that he was promised, that Christ was promised, although it was predicted that blessing would flow to the nations through the ministry of the Messiah. Yet he was to be born a Jew and to minister primarily to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, right? Matthew 15, 24, remember that? In addition to being without the Messiah, the Gentiles were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Notice the word wealth. It's the wealth the Jews share. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every Every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.